0: Welcome to Wiregrass Daily News Sports. This is your daily look at sports in the Wiregrass and the Southeast. Dothan Wolves on 96.9, the legend producer Philip Jordan breaks the news, covers the games, and talks to experts in the Wiregrass and Southeast. And now, Philip Jordan...
1: Everybody right, joining me today on Wiregrass Daily News Sports is somebody you guys are familiar with, Mr. Ben Stanfield. Uh, you can check him out, AM News over at WTVM there in Columbus, Georgia, and on the Troy Football Broadcast over on ESPN Plus. He is the color analyst over there. Uh, ben Stanfield, I appreciate you taking the time and coming on the show.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely, and uh, always good to talk to the folks in the Wiregrass. You know, it's, it's home. That's where I grew up and, and lived. Uh, you know, what's been 90% of my life now and uh, I miss it down there. I really do. And so it's always good to catch up with folks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Me and Ben, were are uh, we're talking uh,
1: great things about the Clark circle uh, before we, uh, we hit record <laughs> button. Uh, so, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a great, it's great down here. So you, it's you know a project that. that never ends, right? <laughs> Somebody should write a book about it one day. <laughs> it's funny. It'd be a New York Times bestseller, I I guarantee it. Uh, But anyways, so you know, before we got into Troy, and we're gonna talk about the Georgia State win. And look, I I feel bad. I picked Georgia State
0: last week here on the show. A lot, a lot of people did. Um, It was, it was quite a statement win for Troy, though, over the weekend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, before we jump into that, the
1: ESPN Plus deal. Uh, Let's see if I can talk here on on the show today. The ESPN Plus deal.
0: Uh, How did that all get started for you? So the television landscape is expanding rapidly. I mean, we're all aware of that in college football. And uh, one of the neat things with ESPN Plus is that there's uh, so many more opportunities to broadcast games. And so Troy's on uh, what we would call TV, but there's a difference. If you're on ESPN, say on cable, they would call that linear, but then it, on ESPN plus it's called you know, the streaming side, uh, but you could watch every game now. And I've, I would think as recently as five or six years ago, you couldn't do that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you can remember back in the nineties, you know, big teams in sec would be on TV you know maybe eight times a year out of 11 games there'd be two or three games where you couldn't even just this just be the radio or you can go mm-hmm. and so anyways over the past 25 years we've come a very long way and uh now uh, folks like Troy and the Sunbelt Conference have been huge beneficiaries of that and so uh, they're on tv every weekend and so uh it was a great opportunity for uh myself and uh, many others to jump in the broadcast booth and let me tell you it's been a lot of fun i really really enjoy doing this i'm the color analyst on troy's espn plus football broadcast and uh it's been it's been quite a blast jumping in and doing that yeah i, I could tell watching uh, the broadcast uh, you and uh the,
1: the play-by-play guy, Will Calmyer. Y'all have a y'all have a blast up there in the booth all, when y'all are in y'all are calling the
0: games. Yeah, we do. And uh, so Will, uh, Will's been doing this a long time, and just a consummate professional uh, in the booth. And so our first game together kind of came to be uh, in an interesting m- manner. There was they needed a fill-in for the Appalachian State Troy game at the end of the 2019 season. It was the last game of the year. Uh, Troy was uh, in, in a rough spot. They weren't going to a bowl game. Uh, App State was actually in the top 25 at the time. So my first game had a top 25 team. Uh, and so Will and I got paired together kind of on the fly. And, man, we just I, I instantly hit it off uh, on air. And uh, we've been working together ever since. So that's, uh, you know, this is, I guess, year four or five now. And uh, it's been It feels like it's been five minutes ago.
1: Yeah, we we don't want to talk too long about the Chip Lindsey era uh, there at Troy. Uh, I actually was at that game, and – uh, somebody told me, said, you know, uh, Ben's doing the game, all color. And I pulled out my phone and pulled it to ESPN. I said, Oh, there you go. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was cool. That was not a good day for Troy though. I do. I do remember that.
0: It was, it was tough. And, uh, you know, I mean, if, if we're grabbing the bull by the horns here, a lot of folks who talk about when, when chip was the head coach at Troy between Neil and John Summerall chip recruited very well it just didn't translate into victories. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's what, that, ultimately that's what it's all about. And so, uh, but Chip's a nice guy and, uh, he's up at North Carolina now doing doing some good things on that staff and, uh, with Mac Brown and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh it's a new day for Troy football because things have translated into wins and there's been a bunch of them here in short order since John Sumrall taken over this program.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's we'll talk about on Saturday. Like I told you off the top, I, Last week on Fridays, I meet a guy, Matt Lowe. We do a pick episode, and I, I picked Georgia State. I looked at it. I so said, they're going on the road. Their quarterback, Darren Granger, is really good. Their running back, Marcus Carroll, too, as well. But, man, that Troy defense, or they came out and they shut them down. Just what was your what's your like, overall thoughts on Troy's 28-7 victory over Georgia State?
0: Well, I tell you what, this team feels a lot like last year's squad. Okay, mm-hmm. so – you, what you've got in the books right now is a tight Sun Belt Conference loss to James Madison, who is a really good football team. And I tell anybody who will listen to me, hey, look, not only that the best team in the state of Virginia, they're probably one of the they're probably the best team in the Sun Belt right now. If we're being honest, uh, I would I would put them and Troy at the at the very top of the list. Georgia Southern's got a great football team this year too, and a lot of folks had Georgia State looped in there as well, and Georgia State. Let me tell you, he's got, got a great quarterback. They've played really well this year. Troy's defense just was able to zero in and shut them down. And it was kind of the statement game that this team's been looking for. So if you go back last year, they finished the year 12-2. and two. They lost the opener to Ole Miss in a game that they were kind of in but kind of not, and then mm-hmm. lost that heartbreaker to Abstate. State. Well, kind of the same difference this year. The uh, score out at Kansas State is not going to show it on paper, but – Troy was in that game for a long time, and just Mm -hmm. some weird things happened and blew it up really fast. Then also you had a tough loss to James Madison by two points and missed the game-winning field goal late in that ball game. So it it sets up very similarly what I felt Saturday night watching this team play in Atlanta against Georgia State, a good football team, was it felt like the Marshall game last year when Troy was uh, at home and Marshall came to town uh, who had just beaten Notre Dame a week prior, and Troy got a statement win against Marshall and then t- took off from there. And so uh, that's very similar vibes. Defense has gotten a lot better through the season. The running game has gotten a lot better. Uh, and so when Troy can run the ball consistently, uh, I don't think anyone left on the schedule could beat them. Yeah, and
1: that's the thing with Kamani Vidal. What is it now, 19-3 with him if they go 50 yards or more with him?
0: Yeah, uh, and, and then I think uh, – Troy's won like 12 games straight. I don't know the stat here, but I'll be careful with this. But when the team goes over 100 rushing yards, I believe they've won 12 straight. So, I mean, just keeping the ball on the ground, moving the ball on the ground is a big deal for this team.
1: You know, and then last week in the, the press conference, Coach Summerall did talk about like the negative plays. You know, how they, they really should have beat Western Kentucky worse than they did. It shouldn't yeah. have been as close with the negative plays. Oh, uh, where were you on Saturday on that? I feel like they did a better job of that. I know Gunnar Watson had the interception, but you know, it seemed like they were a little bit better in that department.
0: Well, and Troy had some interceptions uh, too in that game, uh, some big mm-hmm. turnovers. Ransall had uh I believe a big pick in that game. And uh and so it just you make some turnovers with some good good rushing attempts, and uh you can really set yourself up for a win. Uh I just feel like the defense was able to I mean, they're they're the MVPs of the show, and uh, did have a late touchdown that kind of pushed that thing uh, into uh, uh, what I call clinch territory. The game's over with, and so uh, I was I was real impressed with uh, again just the running game and uh, and that defensive shutdown effort because they got some Troy's got some dogs on defense, and I mean these guys are ball players, and it's not the same squad as last year, but they're coming into their own, and that was probably the fuel they need to see it all gel and come together a couple of games in a row now you mentioned that western kentucky game uh they were able to get out of that one alive and that's a pretty good football team and then like i said go on the road and beat georgia state and i think that they should have another good weekend with arkansas state coming to town
1: you know that drive at the end of the game was championship level in my opinion because they held the ball for over eight minutes yeah Kamani Vidal scores a touchdown. Because, you know, it's 21-7. to 7. Georgia State, at that point, cause when Troy got the ball we get a stop here, score a touchdown, kick an onside kick. Maybe we can tie the game up. Uh-uh. They don't get the ball until six seconds left, and then Kamani Vidal puts over top 28-7. to 7. I saw that. I said, that's what championship football teams do. They close yeah. it out. They don't let you get the ball back.
0: Yeah, that's – and you see some of those great Alabama teams through the years that that won championships. They were able to, you know, have an eight-, nine-minute drive in the fourth quarter and just really just squeeze the life out of you like a python, and that's what we saw Troy do. You're absolutely right. Joe Craddock, the offensive coordinator for Troy, has talked about that too. He said, you know, used to I would – I I wanted to put up X amount of yards, wanted to put up X amount of points. He says, now I, I just want to win. And however we have to get that done is how we get it done. And so it's like you said, you know, they saw what was on the clock. They were able to run the ball effectively, sit on the clock and burn a ton of it at the same time. And uh, he's been able, Joe Craddock's been able to pass that attitude on to Gunnar Watson. Uh, It's all about team ball. Nobody cares about stats on this squad. It's just, you know, if the stats come, they come, and uh, and that's great. But these guys want to win. They got a taste of championship football in a big way last year, and I think they don't want to be anywhere else on the totem pole anymore. You no, know, in, in last year's team,
1: it was all about the defense. Carter Marshall led that group. You know, this year I was kind of interested how how the offense be. And I felt like not like the defense was going to be bad, but maybe the offense just needed to do a little bit more. And uh, Gunnar Watson this year, I watched him play. I think he's played well, like I said, through the one interception. He's been sacking a lot, which I know that offensive line is, is still gelling. They're still kind of figuring it out together as a unit. Because I always say, offensive line is like a team within the team. They've got to work together yeah. to, to perfectly gel. You know, he's thrown uh, his 61% this year's nine touchdowns, a little over 1,300.
0: Uh, what's been your thoughts on Gunnar Watson this yeah. year? He's just, he's just a proven field general, and you're right. He has taken some sacks. Uh, and he took some last season too. Uh, you know, if if we're being honest, yeah, that that line has has come in, got some new guys in the mix. You got Eli Russ up front in the center, and and uh, he's come in from uh, Oklahoma State, transferred in, and quite frankly, great football player. Uh, but it just at times early on didn't feel like maybe. They were on the same page in, in some instances, but it looks like that is starting to correct itself. And, and, and the only way you fix that is by going out on the field and playing football. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you could have for forever and you're going to see the same guys at, at practice every day, but once you get 11 on 11 different jerseys on, you know, and that sort of thing, uh, and an actual gameplay, that's where you find out tendencies. And uh, you know strengths and weaknesses, and 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 that's just part of the growing process. So I think if you lined Troy up against James Madison, James Madison again right now, I I would give the edge to, to Troy in that in a game like that because of offensive
1: line play. Yeah, it, I think it, you know that, that was such a close game. I mean, those two play it might go five five if you put ten matchups between. It really time. might. Yeah, receiver, and that was another thing with Troy too. Debris Barber, and he was playing great last season before the injury. I mean, he had a tremendous game the other night, over 100 yards. And then Chris Lewis, I mean, just throw it his direction. He will go up, and he will find a way to go get it. That Troy receiving core, I think, is not being talked about enough, but they've been really impressive, especially those two.
0: Yeah, I had the uh, radio broadcast on the other night. I was uh, uh, driving during part of that Troy game, and uh, Chris Blackshear, who is the radio sideline, Uh, commentator for Troy's radio broadcast crew. Uh, Chris Lewis had dropped a pass in the end zone, which was very rare. I mean, the dude's been catching one handed dimes all season and uh, Blackshear made reference in that uh, comment that he said, well, you know, he had to use two hands to try to catch it and maybe, (laughs) you know, not quite used to doing that this season because he's had so many sports center, spectacular catches, but, He brings a huge element to this that opens up uh, so much of this offense. And then, you know, like you mentioned, Jabri Barber, Dothan's very own Mm -hmm. uh, who got hurt last year against Southern Miss. And at that time, when he went down, Troy was matching Tennessee. All right. Tennessee had an explosive offense last year. And Troy did for a long time as well. And so things kind of got different through the season for them. They had to, they really kind of had to turn into a ground and pound team in the season last year. But at the time when he got hurt, when Jabri Barber went down, Troy led the nation in explosive plays uh, tied with Tennessee. So to tell you how, how versatile they were up to that point, and things changed after that injury. But uh, Jabri Barber has responded well from that injury and has had a great season and uh, I mean, probably no no more people more excited about that than us. His hometowners to see a Dothan guy really just showing out.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been great seeing, especially when you saw the stat line on Saturday. So uh, let's look at this weekend's game with uh, Arkansas State. Uh, familiar to SEC folks, head coach Butch Jones over there. You know they started off pretty bad. They won last three, and their quarterback Jalen Rayner. Uh, this past Saturday against UMass, twenty of twenty-five, three eighty-three, and six touchdowns. I was looking when he plays; they're three and Uh They win. They play winning football when he's there. Uh, their defense is not good, though. Uh, defensively, they're like thirteenth in the Sun Belt total defense. So you feel like Troy's got some opportunities here to really get some of those explosive plays on on offense. Uh, what's your thoughts going into this game
0: with Arkansas State? Well, they made. So much press off the start of the season when they played Oklahoma, and I've, you know, gave up seventy three points, didn't score against Oklahoma to start the year, and it, it, what we've learned since then is Oklahoma's really good football team. Mm-hmm. Arkansas State didn't quite have it figured out, uh, but credit to Butch Jones and that staff at Arkansas State—they've done a nice job turning it around because seventy three to nothing—I mean—can be a demoralizing mm-hmm. uh, school board. Uh, really for a couple of games but they uh you know they they had a rough time with memphis the next week after that uh where they lost 37 to three but they, like you like you said made that change at quarterback and they've played really well since then and wins over stony brook the, i was really impressed with the win over southern miss uh and that was uh, that game was i believe in jonesboro uh, so southern miss had to come up there so it was a home game but uh, i mean southern miss not a bad football team at all and when i mm-hmm. as i saw that score developing through the night i thought "Ooh, okay butch jones i see you and so uh yeah and then <laughs> last week the uh win over umass and so uh, i think this is going to be a pretty competitive football game i think a lot of people like we like we said saw that start to the season for arkansas state i mean you give up over 100 points and you only score three in the first two games uh, a lot of people got to, you know, go pay attention to something else. Uh, but I think Arkansas State is worth paying attention to, uh, and really on this western side, you know, they're on the come up. You got Texas State on the western side of the conference who's playing great football with uh, former Auburn quarterback T.J. Finley, uh, and then Louisiana's playing great ball as well. South Alabama's no slouch either, and Troy's a good football team. So really, and, and then ULM always brings this weird factor to the conference too. So. It's kind of anybody's show right now on the Western side of the Sun Belt. And Arkansas State's trying to jump in there and say, hey, listen, we still got a dog in the fight yeah I was you know, looking at it and you
1: know going to the year i was like okay it's troy and south alabama and then there's everybody else but you're right now it's it's jumbled up there's a lot of good teams there so it's going to be interesting on saturday uh with that game of course And not uh, being you'll be on the call there on espn plus on, on at 3 p.m so everybody go get espn plus if you do not have it uh, that's yeah where free have free advertisement free espn plus here
0: we we certainly appreciate that and uh excited. Uh, listen, anytime we get to go and do this and we haven't done a ton of games this year, but, uh, uh, anytime we get the chance is a great blessing. And, uh, you know, I just always remember my roots, you know, started out as a, what I call a street beating reporter at WTVY and then, uh, worked at WDHN and Dothan for a long time too. And, uh, you know, just, I'm just proud to be where I'm at every single day. And so, uh, it's, it's going every time we go is like the first time. And so we're, we're pumped about Saturday. You know, Josh Pate always says also the grind is a blessing. Uh, yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, it's uh, – yeah, that's that's a pretty – that's a pretty perfect way to, of looking at it. Yep. And uh, real quickly before I let you
1: go, of course, you know, it says you're there at Columbus, so not far uh, from Auburn. Uh, just, you know, the Auburn team coming off a near upset win over Georgia. And uh, I look at it as this one thing. Yes, you – if you're an Auburn fan, Auburn supporter, part of the Auburn program, you wanted to win that game, obviously. But also look at Auburn talent gap. It's obvious between Georgia and Auburn. Uh, But the fact is they were in that game, had a chance to win it, shows the coaching of Hugh Freeze. And I think that should give Auburn fans hope. What's what's been your thoughts so far, uh, five games in with uh, Hugh Freeze?
0: Well, you're right. I mean, quarterback play has been kind of interesting for Auburn. And uh, (coughs) Uh, and so uh, that offensive line uh, play has been uh, a factor as well. And so, uh, if you look at what Peyton Thorn did on Saturday against the number one team in the nation, uh, I, I believe he had nine incompletions. But I mean, they were they were money balls most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, in the hands, on the numbers, uh, you can't put them any better than that. You can't make receivers catch the ball, and so that's a little bit of what Auburn dealt with in that game. Uh, but to also credit that to Georgia's great defense too. You know, uh, Georgia still is the number one team in the country, uh, but Auburn had probably the best. Preparation for the Georgia Bulldogs that we've seen since maybe twenty seventeen or so when they beat Georgia, you know. And so it was, uh, it was a tight game. What I saw there was a lot of promise from Hugh Freeze. And, and listen, I, I know they lost the game uh, by a touchdown there, but uh, not necessarily the worst thing when you got sixty outstanding recruits or so yes. in the stadium. And you can go to every one of those guys and say, listen, you, saw, you just witnessed what we did today. I mean, we had number one on the ropes, probably should have won the game. What can we do with a talent like you in the mix? And so, I mean, you know, Hugh Freeze, a, a good salesman, never lets an opportunity go by like that. So I, I, I am uh, fully expecting that that's been said quite a bit. You know, what could you do for this team? to get us over the hump. And so it's going to take a little time. Uh, you know, I, I, the program did kind of shift backwards a little bit the last couple of years, but they've getting it in, in gear and moving in the right direction. And they got a great football facility here. I actually mm-hmm. live in Auburn. And so I, I see the program quite a bit and I know some guys on the staff, they got, they got their heads and their hearts in the right place and the rest is going to follow. It just, it just takes a minute. And sometimes that's not fun. And And I tell you, Auburn folks, aren't really used to it taking a minute. Yeah, you, know, you remember when Terry Bowden came in in the early 90s, he won his first 20 games as a head coach. Mm-hmm. And then you had uh, uh, Tommy Tuberville came in and was in the SEC championship game in year two. Now, in the first year, it was a, a bit of a struggle for, for Coach Tuberville. But then uh, look ahead to uh, Gene Chizik. He won a national championship in year two. Uh, then Gus Malzahn went to the Rose Bowl in year one. And so, you know, should have won a national championship. So it's, it's always happened fast for Auburn head coaches. And so I think it will for Hugh Freeze too. I really look for next year's team to be a a really good, really good ball club, but I think they're going to win some games that will surprise some people. Uh, And I would quite frankly circle that LSU game uh, that's up next on the schedule. Auburn's off next Saturday, then they go to LSU. It's a night game. Uh, but they broke the streak last time they were down there two years ago with Bo Nix, and so I think that could be an interesting ball game uh, because LSU's got Missouri this Saturday, and Missouri is no slouch, pretty good physical football team. So we'll see. Uh, you know, there's some silver linings there. I think a bowl game's in their future and uh, this season, uh, and maybe if if the ball bounces right, it's a bowl game in Florida instead of somewhere north of here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you see that performance, like they had against Georgia at Jordan hare it's just, I'm just going to throw it out there, the iron bowls there too. Uh, yeah. and we, know, and we, and we know what that game is like in Jordan Hare stadium. So yeah. It, uh, and it,
0: Alabama's, uh, not as good of a football team as Georgia. I'll, I'll be honest with you and say that, uh, Georgia, I think is one, a Alabama's one B in the sec. And, uh, there's no Brock Bowers on that field anymore. The rest of the way as well. And so, uh, I think that guy is good enough. Uh, to be a tight end invited to the Heisman ceremony, maybe to win it too. And if I had a vote right now, I I would be thinking Bo Nix's direction out of Oregon. Uh, But Brock Bowers, I think, should be sitting in New York in December as well.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be glad he's going to be in the the National Football League next year. That's going to be it. A lot of people people in this town. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely, we always been this been fun. I kept you a couple minutes longer uh, than I said I would, but uh, it's been great uh, chatting it up with you as always. I'm talking Troy, talking some Auburn, just talking ball with you. Uh, if the listeners and viewers want to check you out, where can they find you? Where can they find all your stuff?
0: So uh, weekdays, I'm on. Uh, if we're talking Central Time, 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. on WTVM and Columbus. If you're up in like the Eufala area, I believe we're we're on a lot of the cable systems there. So northern part of the Wiregrass, and so. Um, down in, into that region. And so, uh, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. I wake up in the middle of the night, go to work, and then I'm home by noon and transition into football in the afternoons. And, and uh, then, like you mentioned, this Saturday we'll be on ESPN Plus calling Troy and Arkansas State. Big homecoming game for Troy, too. So uh, it's going to be a great week. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody tuned in to the Trojans and Ben uh, calling the game on ESPN Plus.
0: And, Ben, like a kid, again, this has been a lot of fun, and I hope we can do this again sometime down the road. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, keep up the great work and, and uh, I appreciate you having me on today. Thanks so much. And thanks to Ben Stanfield for
1: coming on today's episode of Wiregrass daily news sports And all. Uh, real quickly, before we get out of here, just a couple of news items and things to go over before we uh, get out of here and get you ready for Friday, uh, which Friday show will be with Matt Lowe as always. Uh, The portal window, NCAA has approved some changes there. It will shrink the window at the number of days student-athletes can enter into the portal, 45 days throughout the year, divided different by sport. Each will do it differently. In football, there will be a new 30-day window, which will be in the Monday after the FBS Conference Championship Games. Any player playing in the college football playoff, will be given an additional five-day window in January. The second window will happen in the second half of the month of April. For basketball, uh, they will have a 45-day window that will begin the Monday after Selection Sunday. A new NCAA rule bans unofficial visitors from taking professional photo shoots while on campus, but Nicole Auerbach from The Athletic pointed out that nothing will be stopped. Parents for taking pictures of their kids with their uh, with their device and stuff like that. Just there won't be official photo shoots by staffers. And I've I've read some stuff. I forget who tweeted it out on on Wednesday, uh, but they said uh, they really hated that. Anyways, it just added more to it. So now, if you're on the official visit, you can do it. Unofficial won't be doing it anymore. Let's jump into some high school football. The latest rankings are out. We're going to look over who all in the Wiregrass are in the top 10. And 7A at number one is Central Phoenix City. Uh, that means a lot because number seven, Dothan, plays them on Friday night. Of course, you listen to that on 96.9. The legend of the teams in Dothan's region, Auburn is sitting at number three uh, at five and one. Enterprise is at eight, and the team Dothan just beat Baker sits at number 10. In 5A, the only team in the Wiregrass area that is ranked here is Charles Henderson at number 9 at 3 and 2. Number 1 in 5A is Gulf Shores. Ramsey at 2, and they gave Auburn all they wanted uh, this past Friday. In 4A, Andalusia sits there at number 1 at 6 and 0. That's the only team in our area here that is ranked. Uh, In 3A, the only team we got there, we have HA sitting at number 5 at 5 and 0. On the season so far. Now I want to go back real quickly. In 5A. Carroll did receive votes. And they're playing Eufaula, uh This Friday night. So that should be. It's always a fun game. When those two get together. Um, I always look forward to that. Checking that out. Seeing what's going on between Carol and Ufala. And 2A. Uh, don't really have. Any teams outside of Cottonwood that are ranked Cottonwood number nine enters the rankings. They'll be playing Ayrton in a big game. we had Coach Harrison on Tuesday's show. Checked it out. Please go check that one out with my interview with Coach Dustin Harrison there. Cottonwood, uh, Goshen did not get ranked, but they did receive votes. And then in 1A, Leroy is at number one. Elba comes in at number two. They did receive one first place vote. And teams receiving votes there uh, Florala and Brantley. And that is a look at the latest rankings in high school football. Now let's look at the schedule for this week, week six. Some may say week seven, but we reference that first week as week zero, as some others do. So this is week six for us. We've got three games in the area on Thursday night. In 3A Region Two, you'll have Providence Christian, who's three and two at Northside, who's two and three. That'll be out there at Ripu Stadium. In 2A Region Two. Zion Chapel will be at 4-1 GW Long in 1A Region 2. 1-4 Kinston will be at 1-4 Pleasant Home. On Friday night, 7 A Region 2, just mentioned it, the 5-1 Dothan Wolves will be at the 5-0 Central Phoenix City. See if Dothan Wolves can get a big win there and knock off Central Phoenix City on the road. Remember, it was a very close game last year when they came to Dothan. 4-1 Enterprise will be at 2-3 raffle In 5A Region 2, 3 and 2 Charles Henderson will be at 2 and 3 Rehoboth. 4 and 2 off will be at 3 and 2 Carroll. Like I said, that should be a fun game to watch. 1 and 4 Greenville will be at 4 and 1 Headland In 4A Region 2, 6 and 0 Andalusia will be at 2 and 4 Geneva. Slocum at 1 and 4 will be at 1 and 5 Dale County. and 3A Region 2 Delville 2 and 4 will be at 2 and 4 Ashford. 5 and 0 Houston Academy will be at 1 and 4 be at 4-1. Strong. Strong had their first loss of the season last week losing to Ayrton. New Brighton at 1-4 and four will be at 2-3 and three, Pike County. In 2A Region 2, Abbeville 1-5 and five will be at 0-5 oh Sampson. 3-3 three and three, Ayrton will be at 4-0 no Cottonwood. 2-3 Whittsburg will be at 0-5 oh Geneva County. and 2A Region 3, Barber County 1-4 and four will be at Goshen who is 4-2. 1A Region 2, Brantley at 3-3 three and three, Will be at five and one, Georgiana, Elba at five and zero. Will be at one and four, Red Level, Houston County, who's two and four. Will be at four and one, Florella. And Then in Independence, you will have Pike Liberal Arts one of three playing Act Lighthouse Georgia. And then in AISA, Abbeville Christian one and five will be at five and one, Chambers Academy. And finally, just some some stuff to check out over the next couple of days. TV wise, not gonna go over the whole college football schedule for Saturday. Me and Matt go over the big games to, on tomorrow's show. So you'll get that kind of TV layout for that. But college football on Thursday night, you'll have 0-4 Sam Houston State will be at Liberty, who's 4-0. That is 6 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. West Kentucky 3-2 will be at Louisiana Tech 3-3, 7 o'clock over on ESPNU. In the NFL, you'll have the 0-4 Bears at the 2-2 Commanders. That's 7-15 on Amazon Prime. Then on Friday night, you'll have Kansas State, at 2-2 Oklahoma State. That's a 6-30 game over on ESPN. Nebraska at 2-3 will be at 2-3 Illinois. That's a 7 o'clock game over FS1. And do remember on Saturday, the Braves will be set to play their game one of their NLDS series. Do not know who that is of this recording, uh, but that game will be on TBS. That's going to do it for this Thursday edition of the show. Once again, thanks to Ben Stanfield for jumping on the show. Be back Friday morning, bright and early, and I will be previewing the college football weekend with Matt Lowe from Field Level Media. Remember, you can follow me on social media at PJordanscc, podcasts available at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever. You get your podcasts, you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review, I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you leave just four stars, you're just a straight-up hater. You can always email me at sports.fieldjordan at gmail.com. Talk to you guys tomorrow.
0: Thank you for tuning in to today's Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Make sure to tune back in tomorrow for more of the sports you love in the Wiregrass. Check out the podcast at WiregrassDailyNews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Continue the conversation and connect with Philip on social media at PJORDANSEC.